6, 30 through 44, Luke 9, 10 through 17, and John 6, 1 through 14. And I'm going to be pre preaching on, um, on John's illustration of this. But in all four of these Gospels, it shows that Jesus and his disciples have been ministering and teaching and were a little bit tired themselves. Uh, it, all four Gospels show that Jesus has compassion over those who are gathered. Uh, and all four Gospels show that the cost to feed them would be significant. Uh, different commentaries have different takes, but six to eight months' worth of pay to feed this whole group uh, is, is what we're looking at. And all four Gospels talk about the available food was five loaves of bread and two fish. And all four Gospels are consistent in that after everybody was fed, the Gospels each, the, the disciples each had a, a doggy bag of their own also fed. Uh, and so and they show that Jesus is the supplier of human need, and they all foreshadow Jesus being the bread of life, as talked about in Luke 33, 19, and 1 Corinthians 11, 23, and 24. Uh, so with that, the John passage we're going to dig into is uh, John 6, 1 through 14. Jesus feeds the 5,000. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a large crowd was following him because he, they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover feast of the Jews was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then, seeing a large crowd was coming towards him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii's worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy here with five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in that place, so when the men sat down, about 5,000 in number, Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told the disciples, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So when they gathered them up and they filled 12 baskets with the fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that, they, that he had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. Uh, so I, I wanted to focus on John, a uh, little bit of context on the book of John. John was written by John, the son of Zebedee, who was a disciple of Jesus. Uh, so all of the, the book of John, it, it's a passage of eyewitness accounts of the events. Uh, different of the Gospels are written by different people. John was written by John. Everything in there, he's recording what he himself saw. And one of John's main focuses um, was that he really wanted us to know Jesus and become intimate with him, uh, not just know about Jesus. A lot of the, the takes in John are to really get to know know Jesus, not just he's that guy over there, but here's who that guy is. Uh, and if we only know Jesus for access to heaven tomorrow, we miss the joy of heaven on earth here and now in a growing and loving relationship with him. So John's trying to encourage us that you don't just accept Jesus to get to heaven, but to impact your life here and now. Um, John has eight miracles recorded in it, and this is one of them. Uh, so the first chunk, uh, after this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd was following him 
because they saw signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting his eyes and then seeing a large crowd was coming towards him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that so many may eat? So the beginning of that, after this, Jesus and his disciples had already been out teaching, healing, healing people, and they were they were trying to withdraw for a little bit of rest. Uh, and they were near the Sea of Tiberias, and it was the Passover feast was coming. Uh, so, so with it being at Passover, the Last Supper was also at Passover, so it was feeling like kind of a foreshadowing what's to come. And Jesus kind of called Philip out. You might ask, why did he pick Philip? He had 12 guys. But Philip was from Bethesda, which is in the general area area of, of Tiberias. So he knew the area. You know, it's like, hey, that person lives in Walnut. They must know something about what's going on in Diamond Bar, a city of industry, and maybe even left something. It's kind of what Jesus was doing here. Um, he might have known where the closest In-N-Out or Del Taco was. And did you know about that if you weren't from SoCal? Uh, so moving on, uh, verses 6 and 7. Jesus said this to test him, for he himself already knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. Uh, so Jesus kind of set a test here, and it says it pretty directly. Uh, so Jesus already knew what and how he was going to do, but he was still asking his disciples. He wanted his disciples to be involved and participate in the miracle. God today still does miracles and is looking for our involvement. He was illustrating that with the disciples. What, what do you what do you think? How can we help do this? Um, and he was reaching out to Philip and his disciples for their ideas on how to meet the need before them. This was kind of a test. Uh, teachers often give students tests to apply uh, what knowledge they have learned. And Jesus chose now to test his disciples. Uh, such tests periodically establish trust in the teacher. In this case, Christ is, is, is looking for, do you trust me? And he tested Philip. He knew the area. And not only did Philip know the area, he'd been following Jesus. This was not like day one of Philip being called. So Philip knew the area. He'd seen Jesus. Jesus was seeing him. What answer do you, do you come up with? Um, and as you can see, Philip had no great idea. His idea was, that's just going to be a whole lot of money, and I really don't know what to do. Uh, in some of the other passages uh, on this teaching, it actually says that the disciples encouraged Jesus to just send them away. The problem was too big. Uh, John doesn't say that, but it doesn't say that that wasn't said. A couple of the other ones very much say, ah, this is a lot of people. Send them away to go take care of themselves. And Jesus was compassionate and said, no, we're, we're going to take care of them. And he's asking his disciples how. Uh, Philip uh, was looking to answer the problem with money, which Jesus kind of led him to, because how much would be enough? Um, and even buying the cheapest food would have been over eight months' wages. Uh, that's how much 200 denarii is, according to a couple of things I dug up, which it occurred to me that wouldn't even be enough to buy a Lunchable for a crowd of 5,000. Uh, and, you, you know, we're saying feeding the 5,000. Uh, it's more like 15,000. The 5,000 is 5,000 men. Assume they each had a wife and at least one child with them, and you're looking at 15,000 people uh, being fed in this miracle. Um, and if we dig in a little bit deeper here, Jesus, while he used the, the word cost, 
he wasn't exactly asking cost. He was asking where the food would come from. So at eight and nine. Uh, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many people? Uh, so a second solution was proposed here. Uh, so Peter wasn't focusing on the cost to feed everybody. He did find a meager amount with the resources that were in front of him. Uh, I personally sense a whole bunch of sarcasm in there. Hey, here's a boy with two, lo two fish and five loaves. Will that be enough? I don't know if I'm reading too much into there, but every time I've read this passage, I think there's a little bit of sarcasm in there. Uh, and Jesus worked with that, so take that for what you will. Um, so John also, it's, John is the only passage that records where this comes from. All four of the passages do record five loaves, two fish. Uh, John records that it uh, came from a young man, which I've heard referred to as a lad with a lunch a few times. And that we covered this in the mission study uh, late last year, uh, that this boy was willing to offer what he had to, the, to, to Jesus, offered it to the Lord. He offered it to the Lord to do with as he wished. You don't see anything in there about the boy promised, I'll give you my two, two fish and five loaves if you feed me first. He just says he, he gave what he had. Uh, and it occurred to me as I was going through this, if 15,000 people are gathered, I see some moms in the room, you wouldn't have had a snack for your family. Uh, one boy offered to serve what he had. Uh, I'm sure some others had some things squirreled away. This, this one boy was willing to offer what he had to, to Jesus to do with what he would. Uh, and neither Philip or Andrew really saw these solutions, which are found in God and God would provide. Uh, they saw more the large problem of we've got nowhere near enough money to take care of this and nowhere near enough food to take care of this. Uh, Jesus saw a solution that wasn't visible to his disciples. Uh, so moving on. Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now there is much grass in this place. And the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. Uh, so Jesus was going to give a solution to all the gathered people's needs. Uh, Jesus had the people sit down in green grass, uh, showing he's a good shepherd. Uh, we see a lot about Jesus being the shepherd and we're supposed to be the sheep and the green grass. I think that all kind of fits together. Uh, he's caring for his people. He sits them down, and then he's going to meet their physical need of they were all very hungry. Uh, and he's going to provide what we lack. Jesus is the Messiah. We need salvation through him. He's providing that. And he's providing food is an illustration of that. So Jesus took the loaves and he gave thanks to God. He had God bless them for, the pur for their purpose, and he was pointing to the Father. So Jesus took the, the bread and the fish, and he thanked God for it. It was nowhere near enough. He thanked God for it. I wonder what the crowd felt about that. He was thanking God for a little snack over there. I, I, uh, but then when, when Jesus, Jesus didn't take it and anoint it himself, he did serve it to God. He's pointing to God as, as Jesus does. Uh, and God blessed that food. And then the food that was provided, they could each eat their fill. Notice this passage doesn't read, and they each took a bite. It's, they each got to eat till they were, they were full. Um, and again, this is foreshadowing uh, Jesus being the bread of life. Uh, 1 Corinthians 11, 23, 24. 
For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I think this is kind of the setting the stage of Jesus provided bread, and then he's going to become the bread of life. Um, and <clears throat> I also really think this, as I was going through this passage, uh, there's some Old Testament correlations here. I know a lot of times I fall into a trap of, well, New Testament's New Testament, Old Testament's Old Testament. Well, it's one Bible altogether. Uh, so I think way back, put on your way back machine hats, uh, Exodus 16, and I won't read all of Exodus 16 because we want to get out of here before noon, uh, but that's where manna comes from heaven, and that's where the Israelites were escaping from Egypt. They're on the run, and I didn't realize this until I was doing some of the digging. They had only been on the run for two and a half weeks, and they were already complaining, we're out of food, this is horrible, I want to go back to Egypt because that was better because at least I had food. So the Israelites made it two and a half weeks before they started complaining, we need something more. Uh, and God used Moses and Aaron to call on God at that point in time to call down manna from heaven. Uh, six days a, a week, uh, bread just appeared on the ground for the Israelites. So uh, that probably fed more than the 15,000 of, of this passage, but I think it foreshadowed um, that God has always been the provider of our needs. He provided Mana back in the Old Testament. He's providing for these people that are wanting to hear Jesus' teachings um, in the New Testament. And there's another minor miracle. I'll call it minor in 2 Kings uh, 4, 42 to 44 that also kind of gave a, a glimpse of God can feed with limited amounts. Um, and in all honesty, I didn't remember this passage till I was prepping for today. So... Uh, so 2 Kings 4, 42 to 44, I don't have a slide for this one. So, uh, a man came from Baal, Shatira, bringing a man of God bread of the first fruits of 20 loaves of barley and fresh ears of grain in his sack. And then Elisha said, give to the men that they may eat. But his servants say, how can I set this before 100 men? So Elijah repeated, give them to the men so that they may eat. For thus says the Lord, they shall eat and have some left. So he said it before them, and they ate and had some left, according to the word of the Lord. Uh, so back in 2 Kings, Elisha called on God to bless a meager amount of food to feed 100 soldiers. Uh, Jesus is just still showing, same God, same power, same everything. I'm going to feed these 15,000. And there were leftovers in those days. So, Going back to John 6. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and they filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. And when the people saw the signs that he had done, they said, this indeed is the prophet who has come into the world. Uh, so I think this whole story illustrates how God can meet our needs by doing the improbable. Uh, I kind of take as I read through that, they all ate, they all had their fill. I think some in the group must have taken, because they sat down in groups, some in the group must have taken and uh, we're going to pass this on to the next group. Uh, I think some must have been feeding others within the group from the, the bread and fish that were blessed by, by God through Jesus. And then the leftovers, as I mentioned at the outset, they were enough to feed all 12 disciples. Um, so I guess leaders eat last. This is 
2,000 years ago into that little thing, but the, the disciples all got to eat as well. They served and they got taken care of. Um, and I think this miracle sort of illustrates who Jesus was to the crowd. Uh, he's able to provide your needs, uh, and some embraced him, and the passage doesn't say that all who ate uh, followed forever and, and, and obeyed forever. Uh, they were all fed, and some, some followed and some did not. Um, so to kind of summarize, uh, everybody here had a need, uh, the group that was following. Some were looking for a miracle. They wanted healing. They'd seen him do healing. I want more healing. Once they were chasing him, they realized it's late in the day and I'm now hungry. So they, were, they, wanted, they had a need. They wanted that filled. I think we can all kind of relate to that. We sort of pursue God when we are, have a problem or some sin is eating us up or something. We'll, we'll start pursuing pursuing after Jesus. Uh, I think that's what this crowd was doing. And the crowd came to Jesus to have them provide. You know, we, we may come after Jesus, you know, forgive me, fix this problem I've got. Uh, this whole group of people was looking for healing and then realized they were hungry and please make me not be hungry. Um, and Jesus had compassion on the whole group uh, and he fed them. He took care of them. He, he met their needs as we can all uh, look to Jesus. Uh, many heard his teachings and ate his food and were appreciative. Others very well may have taken the food and run. Uh, I think as they were eating their fill, they had to be grateful, I, I kind of think. And I'm not great about like reenacting stories. Uh, but you got to wonder as you get to like, you know, that last few groups of people that they saw, this all happened from that, those, those five loaves and two fish. Um, must have been a lot of processing going on, and I can't imagine what some of the side conversations must have been like. Um, and there's nothing in here that it worked like telephone, where group one ate, then group two, then group three. I think everybody was eating pretty much at the same time. Um, definitely a miracle. Um, Jesus' miracles, this being one of them, uh, they point to his identity. And then God's miracles and provisions also are used to point to him. So if you ever read through any of the New Testament and even the Old Testament, I think those are things to keep in mind, uh, that Jesus' miracles point to his identity as the Son of God, God, and God's miracles point to him and his supernatural power. Um, in this passage, Jesus took the insufficiencies and he thanked God for them, and he had them blessed by God. And then miraculously, more than enough was provided. Uh, don't let a lack of your resources limit what God can do. Offer prayers of thanksgiving even in your insufficiency. Uh, and that's a lot easier to preach and talk about from up front than to actually do. So I'm encouraging you, and if you're struggling with that, uh, let's all go encourage each other. Um, I think we've all encountered some problems that seem insurmountable. And, and you know, can you think about when God has helped you miraculously overcome uh, what could that look like? I have a few examples. Uh, you know, throw that over to the right. So I think in my life, just where I've sort of seen God, get, you know, I've tried to, to turn over to God. Here, take what I've got, bless this, help, help it to move forward. Uh, as I mentioned, we're a family of three. We made it on a single income in Southern California. So I think my personal finances, uh, I'm, I'm middle management at best my job and God has always provided through our finances and I, I would never want to you know 
take a financial planner role and say, here's what we did. It's perfect for all of you. I, I have seen God bless my family through ways that I can't explain. Uh, save, spend money in the bank to go to the grocery store and pay our mortgage and keep gas in the car. Uh, I think for me personally, that's something that I've seen and experienced seeing overfeeding in the past. And I just, although three is not quite 5,000, sometimes it feels like it. Those of you with five, six, seven people in your family, best of luck to you. Um, and if I'm being perfectly honest, I don't see a whole lot of kids in the room, so I don't think I'm ratting anything out. I think my grades in school, I was not a great student. I did not put a whole bunch of time and effort into school the way that we would tell our kids to, and I still ended up with a 3.2 GPA in both high school and college. So I think that was God's blessing. The studying I did do got stuck in my head, so it came out on the test. Um, and then as in addition to being a deacon here, I've done a lot of youth work here and at previous churches we've been at. Um, youth group all-nighters? Who's been through a youth group all-nighter as a student or as a... Yeah, I, I, I think that's God's grace right there because now that I'm getting close to 50, I don't know if I got that in me anymore. We'll have to see what God has planned. Uh, but the energy to get through an all-nighter and keep all the kids safe, um, I believe similar to Jesus feeding the 5,000, the same, same God, same power there. Uh, and then my mom's patience. I'm one of three. I don't talk about my siblings a whole lot. You want to know about my siblings, she can come talk to me. I don't, I'm not embarrassed. I just don't talk about it much. But there were three of us. I'm, I'm the baby. Uh, older sister's five years older. Older brother's six years older. My mom's patience as we ran every different direction. My brother was going to cause trouble anywhere he could. My sister was going to try to be the perfect student and do everything perfectly, and I just wanted to play Legos and video games. Um, and we probably all had schedules that conflicted well before you had cell phones, and my mom was at home with all three of us. The amount of patience that she was able to have to take care of us, uh, again, I'll point this back to God because God couldn't do it. Um, so as I gave you some examples, you know, what would it look like? Lad with a lunch gave his, what he had to God, even if it didn't seem like it was enough. Um, are there ways you can apply that in your life? Uh, can you take a little bit of time out, even when you're really busy, to, to listen to somebody's problems a little bit more, even if it doesn't fit your schedule? Um, even if you don't have a lot, uh, if God is leading you to, to give a little bit, are you willing to, to give, even if it doesn't seem to make sense? Um, little more practical new year exercise. I've only got, you know, half an hour of free time a day. Are you willing to carve out 10 or 15 minutes to, to do something and see how God will do that? And I think as we kind of look at what is God asking you to give, like the guy, the boy gave his lunch, pray to God, what are you asking me to do? Because there probably are times where you were given the resources just for you, so don't hear me saying go give away every last dime. I don't know that. I haven't been told to tell you guys that. But Jesus prayed that this donation would be enough from the boy to feed everybody. As you're navigating your resources, your time, um, uh, pray over it. See what God is asking you to do. As I, you know, financially, money was tight for us. There were times that it was, yeah, five bucks is too much. And there are other times where it's like, eh, it's a stretch. God, take care of this. Uh, Pray over everything you have to God. Are you willing to give to God first and see what he'll give back? Uh, so kind of my closing thought, um, 
when we're faced with a seemingly insurmountable problem, uh, can you claim the promise of John 6, 6, give what you have to Jesus and let him tell you what to do? So with that, I think the worship team's coming back up. Thank you all. Thank you, Tim. That was awesome. God is good. He can provide for our needs. Let's sing about how great he is, yeah? <laughs> 